Welcome to the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer here along with Les Bowen and Paul Domowich, also of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey guys. Hey, Tom. how we doing? Welcome to the Bird's Eye View podcast. Darn good <laughs> to be here. <laughs> it's been a while since we've last spoken. The uh, Eagles, of course, beat the New York Giants on Thursday night. They've moved to 2-4-1 and have a half-game lead on the venerable Washington. Is it Washington they have the game, uh, lead on, I guess? Oh, the Cowboys I, are both. Yeah, I think it would be the Cowboys still, right? Right. Yeah, let me look at the standings. In the newspaper. Wow. Yeah. Do we still do we still run them in the newspaper? Good question. Yes, we do. Eagles have a lead over Dallas and Washington. Both are two and five. So the Eagles have a three five seven win, winning percentage, and Dallas and Washington two eight five. Woohoo! Who should yep. they be most concerned with? Probably Washington, I, I guess. They they had the one loss to the Redskins and. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like that team's playing at least for their head coach, whereas the same might, might not be said about Dallas. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously look at Dallas a little with a little more detail on Thursday, but let's look at the Eagles. And they have a number of players coming back from injury. They lost a few more in this past game, but some key guys are coming back. And I think for the first time this season, they'll, they may have the projected starting secondary altogether for the first time. Mm-hmm. So you'll have Roddy McLeod and Jalen Mills as at safety. Will Parks is the third safety. Mm-hmm. The cornerback, it sounds like Avante Maddox is coming back. Now, he was he dressed this past game, but he didn't really play much on defense because he wasn't 100%. But uh, he'll be in there, and Jim Schwartz confirmed today that he's still the starting outside cornerback opposite Darius Slay. And I guess you'll have either Nickel Roby Coleman or Cravon LeBlanc in the slot, but that's, that's the, that's the secondary you went into the season thinking you'd have, and you're going to need it versus the, these receivers. I know the quarterback situation isn't great, but you are still talking about maybe one of the better receiving cores in the league. Mm-hmm. What do we think about uh, that matchup? I'm going to be interested to see what Schwartz does, uh, whether he has, uh, slay travel or not because I mean I think you had mentioned when we were talking to him you know about possibly him traveling with Cooper but the only problem with that is you do that the Avante Maddox C.D. Lamb uh, matchup just scares would scare the hell out of me size wise uh, so yes. I don't know you know it'll be interesting to see how they handle this I would think they'd have to play zone uh, I and I think Schwartz kind of hinted at that. Uh, you know, you've got to worry about too many guys to yeah. really concentrate on one matchup. I think that's kind of what he was trying to say. Uh, you know, but really the, the key to this is if it's – obviously it's going to be either Dalton or the kid from James Madison. You just rush the hell out of him and, you know, mm-hmm. make sure he doesn't have time to think process or anything. If it was that Prescott, you'd have a hell of a – uh, quandary, but uh, yeah, it isn't. So I think that's where it all starts right there. And then you worry about the coverage, you know, uh, in the off chance that the guy can look up. Yeah. I mean, different defense and different uh, scheme, but last year Darius uh, followed uh, 
Cooper and did a really good job against him. Uh, well, Cooper isn't especially fast, and 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 Slay's you know not super fast. Uh, it seems like he does really well against those types of guys. And I don't know. Do you, do you they wanna... didn't have CD Lamb last year. They though. didn't have CD Lamb, correct? Uh, and you know, um, and again, it's a different scheme. Uh, the Eagles have played more man this year uh, because of Slay, partly because of Slay, but. You know, Maddox seems to have struggled a little, little bit, I thought, prior to the injury and playing yeah. that type of way. So, I don't know. I, I, I think, Les, you, you may be right. Jim's not going to give us any clues. But, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the quarterback situation certainly plays to the Eagles' favor. Uh, other injuries, other guys that are coming back, they, uh, Jason Peters, um, Rudy Ford, TJ Edwards, and I'm missing one other player, but they were just uh, activated off the injured reserve list and can start uh, practicing. Rager. Who yeah. was it? Jalen Rager, but I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to get all these guys back for this week. No, it sounds like Edwards and Ford, I think, will probably be the likely two to come back. Yeah. yeah no, obviously not not significant players. Um I guess the, the the concern right now is the defensive tackle with Hassan Ridgeway being lost for the season, and not because he was playing a heck of a lot, but we've seen in previous years when they've been light there, it's it's affected Fletcher because he's had to play more, and they've had to du- you know they double him more. We don't know about Malik Jackson if, if he'll be ready by Sunday, so that puts the onus a little bit on Javon Hargrave and. You know, Matt Burke, we spoke to today, and, and he kind of came to his defense. But Hargrave has been a little bit of a disappointment. Is that is that fair to say? Haven't noticed him as much as I thought I would going into the season. I guess it is a big transition from 3-4 to 4-3 for him. But, uh, you know, he, he kind of had the injuries in camp. And uh, I, I, I don't think he's played terribly, but I just haven't – I was hoping he'd be like a dominant kind of guy. And uh, – you know, the, really, Malik Jackson has been more of a dominant type yeah. of guy, but, of course, he has that quad injury now. And, uh, you know, I think whether Jackson plays or not this week is, is kind of a huge deal. If, I, my, if I'm them, I'm, I'm resting Malik until after the bye. Uh, you rush a guy back from a quad. Uh, yeah. You know, you're right. They'd be better off with him. But, um, you know, I just, you know, that. I would hold him and take take a chance that uh, you're going to get a little bit more out of Hargrave. I'm curious, do you guys think Jason Peters plays this week? And if he does, where do they put him? It may be one of those things where like, hey, take your time, big guy. You know, uh, yeah. uh, you know and look, Drew Malata had been playing well. I think he came crashing down the earth a little bit this past week. Boy, that's for sure. He struggled. Um but this is the big question uh, with this team. I mean, yeah, they have every right now to win the division. They're in the lead, and they, they probably have the most talent and, and are in the best situation to win it. But you got to start playing these younger guys and looking to the future. This, To me, this season is still about the future. I so, get but I, I don't look at that offensive line. I mean, if Driscoll is still hurt, we don't know that yet. Uh, that's a horrible offensive line. You got to do something. If you can get Jason Peters out there, I wouldn't play him at left tackle. It is important for Jordan Malata to get uh, the reps, but uh, I'd play him somewhere. I mean, I, um, Matt Pryor. Move him back to right guard then? Does he have to give back all that money he, he got from moving the left tackle? 
I could have maybe left guard. Maybe left guard is easier, you know, than going to right guard. But uh, um, I'd I'd play him somewhere if he's if he's at all healthy. Uh, if you get Driscoll back, maybe it's not as quite as urgent. But I still think it would be a better situation. Uh, I'm okay with Herbig, who can seems to seems to play either side equally well. Yeah, but I I I really. You know, yeah, well, that's going to depend on Lane Johnson. I mean, Lane's now got the knee thing, and yeah. everyone's like, you know, oh, he should be fine. I'll play through it. But it's just like he's playing through ankle and knee injuries, right. and yeah. he's as tough as they come. But you definitely want to let him wait until after the bye, I think. But I don't really know. You yeah. know, we know so little about the 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 real specifics of these injuries that it's we're just guessing. And and the one. I mean, that defense is a mess for, for Dallas, but they've got three pretty good edge rushers. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, that's why I'm curious this week to see. I mean, Jordan Mulata needs to bounce back. I mean, this we're going to find out this week what kind of resiliency he has because he, 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 he played badly last week, let's face it. Uh, yeah. Uh, got pushed back, and you know, which I thought we'd never see. I mean, the one thing I – I thought we, you know, he he would get beat a lot of times, you know, because of his inexperience. But I never thought somebody would be able to push him back into the quarterback because of his strength, and that happened several times last week. So uh, yeah, he needs to he needs to kind of come back strong this week. We'll uh, see how that goes. I kind of think he was affected by the playing on Thursday after playing on Sunday. He plays every snap, and I. I noticed that, you know, remember last year when they played him in every snap of every preseason game and he ended up on IR, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And they were giving him double reps in practice to try to get him up to speed and stuff. And he, you know, that this was back when we could actually go in the locker room. Or whatever yeah. time. And uh, he said he was dead, you know, yeah. I mean, they just, I don't know that he has super stamina yet, you know, yeah. uh, and, I really think that might have been a factor Thursday. Uh, I hope that was all it was because he certainly played. Yeah. I think technique is. I, I still feel like there's a lot going on in his head, and yeah, and you know, and just to get the technique down, and that's why he gets pushed back sometimes. It's just the technique's not there. Um, yeah. If you just had him stand up against a guy and and or go tug a tug of war, he's going to win every time. But yeah, it's, it's different. It's different when you got a pass rusher coming at you. Um, ready to to run uh, how, who knows how many moves at him i mean you know yeah. that's that's the issue and then he gets gets off balance and then they tip him back or push him back yeah um I, look anything's better than sue opetta obviously <laughs> and, and jamon brown uh both those guys just aren't aren't starting caliber guards in this league so if jp's ready you put him back in the interior and, and i think you just leave malad on the left tackle i don't know if that's exactly what's going to happen but uh, we'll see uh, how it plays off. Rager seems like he's still a ways off. Um, I don't think we'll see him probably until after the bye. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I was told, um, you know, that's that's an injury that uh, should ex- extend into November. Um, right? Are we Am I missing anybody else that's coming that, that they've lost? Well, with Deshaun Jackson, we know about. Uh, yeah. He, he yeah. could be done for the year. Uh, yeah. And Sanders will not be. I mean, he's a while ways off, right? Yeah, Malad uh, in the tight end. You're, you're still going to be without Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. I mean, this is the team that's you know, look, Dallas is beaten and uh, battered. 
But can I mean I, I don't want to look too far ahead and, and get predictions on whether the Eagles can lose this game, but they can lose this game. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, I mean, a lot of a lot of Dallas's problems are emotional, mental. You know, I, I, that's still a pretty talented roster. Uh, it had a lot of defensive flaws, um, and the quarterback situation obviously is terrible. And they've had a lot of injuries on their offensive line, like the Eagles have. But they're getting Zach Martin back this week, and they're certainly – I mean, the Eagles, you saw that game against the Giants. I mean, the Eagles aren't any in any great shape here at 2-4-1. and one. They're barely a, a thumbnail better than the Giants, you know. Um, it's it, They can lose to anybody <laughs> at any time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this whole injury thing, who comes back this week, is probably the defining – thing about who's going to win the game i think yeah well well go ahead, mean, Thomas. They, they just need to i mean they need to make sure that they cut down on the turnovers they do mm-hmm. they do that you know they don't have a lot of negative plays i mean they should win this game i, I mean again they can lose easily lose it but i mean i wouldn't rush people back if i think they'll be completely healthy by the game after the bye, right. Uh, right. but that's a fine line you're dealing with here. I mean, who do you need to win Sunday? Who can you afford to sit for you know another game and 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 buy a uh, you know buy two weeks? So one one guy we haven't talked about in a while, or at least seen in a while, and could potentially be ready is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, Aaron you Moorhead. Yeah, Aaron Moorhead didn't sound like he was coming back anytime soon. Yeah, it was like he's sort of been uh, doing a little work here and there. I don't know what the heck is going on there. I we know that well, he's got the calf injury now. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think they want him back. No, I mean here's the thing. Like, so I was told multiple times in the offseason that Alshon will never play again in green in in green, uh, and and I just I, so I thought maybe at some point they've released him this offseason, but I think in light of they couldn't. Be, clearly, because he was coming back from the injury, uh, right? And they had to wait until he was healthy before they could do so. But he's come. He's they they for some weird reason they activate him to the fifty-three man roster instead of putting him on in-season pup. And he's basically just sat there, languished on the roster. And did and the explanation at the time from Howie was that we expect he'll be back before week six because that'd be the first time that we could activate him, blah, blah, blah. And they just wasted a roster spot the entire time. And in the meantime, have lost players like, yeah. you know, uh, could, it, could it possibly, and th- th- this seems unlikely because he's so, so, there's so little marketability to him. But I mean, could they be just holding out hope that somebody's going to offer them like a jock strap for this guy? And they don't want to risk him going out there and, and getting hurt until, you know, right up to the trade deadline. I thought about that. Well, first of all, no one's going to trade for that contract. And the other thing is it's a terrible contract. And the other thing is, like, no one was going to trade for him during September, October. Really, I mean, like, unless they desperately needed someone. I mean, desperately. We're talking about a guy who really didn't play well before he got injured last year. He has issues in terms of uh, – I mean, look, he played through that – that torn labrum in 2016. But other than that, he's always never really kind of pushed in terms of injuries. That was the MO on him when he was yep. in Chicago. And we've seen that here in Philadelphia. And then, 
usually it's deadlines that spur trades. And why not just keep them on pup and then take them off as we get close to the deadline? I, I just, yeah. it's, I, I, it's mind boggling to me. The Eagles totally screwed this up. Uh, and, and I don't think it was because of the trade and, I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, Less we've theories. We've talked before about some of the questionable roster uh, uh, moves they've made over the weeks, including Casey Tuhill and uh, and the tight end they lost. Uh, you know, to, on Brandon Tagwire. Uh, so yeah, I mean that there there's been several moves like this that you scratch your head at. But I'm starting to think Jeff's right about them not wanting to play Jeffrey for whatever reason. And it'll be fascinating at some point, I guess we'll probably find out what the whole. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a secret. Every snap he takes is one snap less than John Hightower or any of these young kids can take. I mean, so why do you want, you know, you know, he's not coming back. So, you know, we we talked before about, you know, looking towards the future. They're also, you know, I I realize that they are trying to win this division because it's so winnable this year. You can't just like say, well, you know, we're bad. Uh, I mean, it's just it's sitting there waiting for you. All you got to do is, you know, win six games and you're going to make the playoffs. So you've got to you've got to accept that. But yet, yeah, the, the future is what you're focused on. Right. But like, why not just release them? I mean, like I, I you know, I wrote this in my column last week about Jeffrey. It's like this is like a constant reminder for Howie of what a terrible contract he gave this guy. Not to mention all the other nonsense with Alshon and you know, the Al- Alshonimus, as, as some people have called him, and, and the comments to ESPN about Carson and you know, allegedly uh, that he had made about Carson and yeah. the offense over the last few years. And it's just like, and at this point, it's like, why are you trying to save face when the fans would certainly welcome welcome it? Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, sure, get rid of Alshon. We get it. We totally understand. I, I just think that a 2% chance of, Somebody saying, "Okay, well, you absorb this amount of the contract, and we'll take them for and give you pretty much nothing for them." Is 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 they're they're willing to hold, you know, hold their breath on that rather than just uh, throw them out there on the street right now. I guess. Wow, I just, I mean, just an example of how this front office and Howie Roseman has kind of just made some really stupid decisions over this past year. Well, I mean, let's go back three years. I mean, who, who would have thought uh, Minnesota would lose its uh, starting quarterback and and and, and trades give them what they gave for Sam Bradford? I mean, so sometimes things fall in your lap, you know, and maybe that's what they're thinking could happen again. I don't know. I. I... If you were to ask me of the most logical conclusions here, I think being him being released sometime over the next few weeks probably is is probably the most likely. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Let's talk about Carson Wentz, the quarterback, uh, Alshon's best friend. Um, I wrote about this, and you guys talked about it. Obviously, just kind of the fourth quarter Carson and and why he's been more productive later in the games than he has been earlier. Any theories from you guys? Les, you want to go first? Uh, I, it, it's just starting to look to me like he's just a lot more comfortable improvising than he is running their offense, and that's a little bit of a problem. Uh, it, he, he loves this running around and finding a guy late and, and you know, things like that, and uh, he seems to be more accurate in those situations than he is standing there in the pocket. I, there's a lot of things I don't get. I don't get how he became interception machine this year, uh, having never been one before. Uh, that interception he threw uh, 
Thursday night was just totally egregious. Uh, I, I, I'd love to know on inside his head what his level of comfort is with their offensive design and, and with the receivers. Uh, there was a point made this week in about every touchdown pass he's thrown this season uh, to a wide receiver has been to somebody coming off the practice squad. Uh, it's, uh, there's a lot going on there, and I, I don't understand why he's better in the fourth quarter trailing by double digits with people chasing him all over the field. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, I think, uh, I mean, one, one thing about, you know, because they've been behind uh, by so much is you're, you're facing defenses that are are playing a little looser uh, for much of the fourth quarter, which kind of helps you as far as uh, getting into a groove real quick. Uh, But I, I just think he's, he just, gets rid of all the inhibitions and thinking and you know the back to the wall nothing to lose uh, mentality just kind of kicks in and and he you know he just plays with a fearlessness that you don't see him play with for uh, much of the first three quarters uh uh you know but that's yeah I, I think there's yeah i think there's some truth to the preventive defense thing and and, and carson is not the most pinpoint accurate of quarterback so he's got a little more space to work with and that helps him in that regard but I mean you saw in the Ravens game they blitzed a lot late in that game and that that benefited them mm-hmm. Carson took advantage of that so it wasn't like you know they were playing all the way back on Carson in that game I think the Giants did that to their to their detriment um yeah. but no yeah I agree I just do I think Carson's just better uh, that way I, I we should point out though that he, you know, the opening drive of, of the Giants game was scripted and, and was executed almost perfectly by Carson. And in 2017, they were among the best teams at scoring early in games and getting ahead. So, you know, what's changed? Or, or is it now we're seeing really more of the true Carson? Or even go back to the Washington game in week one. I mean, he was, he was uh, practically perfect for the better part of, of the first half. Yeah. Until he threw that interception, you know, when they had the 17 nothing lead and, mm-hmm. and, and then he throws that awful interception and, and the second half was just a disaster. Yeah, I, I that's exactly when it all started. And it's been exactly like that ever since, pretty yeah. much. Uh, yeah, uh, there have been games where he didn't throw stupid interceptions, but uh, not very many. No, I mean, uh, again, he seems more like the 2017 Carson when he's playing that way. Um, If we recall that year, he just, uh, maybe he was more athletic. He was in better shape and he was able to get away with more than he wasn't as accurate. I mean, he's only completed 60% of his passes. That was the worst completion percentage he's had in his career. He just wasn't throwing as many interceptions. Um, the offense was just better. The guys around him were just better, right? I mean, that's probably what we're seeing right now versus then. I can buy that. Yeah. yeah. He threw a lot more touchdown passes because he had better receivers, you know. Right. And the coaching staff, offensive coaching staff, is a little different. And they were – teams were really kind of surprised by how well that offense was humming that year. And it seems like they're a little more on top of what Doug tries to do now. I think that's probably part of it as well. I mean, it's look, this is a nuanced answer. It's probably probably many things that are playing into it. But I mean, what I, I can say is, I mean, Carson has played certainly overall better the next four weeks. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
I and, mean, and, and you know, and one thing, I mean, he his overall game is a little better the last two games. I mean, he he's only thrown one touchdown pass in the last two games, which is, you know, immensely an immense improvement over, you know, the first five games when he threw nine of them. So, uh, you yeah, know, he's starting he's starting to cut down on his mistakes a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the pass to Boston Scott was beautiful. I mean, like, yeah. so he still can do it. We know right. that. So was the one to uh, Greg Ward. Uh, I mean, that was a terrific. Uh, I mean, it was three, yeah, yep. I mean, just it, it was right where it needed to be to a guy that doesn't drop the ball. Um, yeah, no, there's a bunch. of I mean, obviously, escaping pressure and hitting Richard Rogers for that 30 yard pass at the start of the drive. High tower down the field for 59. Yeah. I mean. You know, when Carson's on, he's, he's he can be that elite quarterback. It's just all the other, as less you alluded to, this, the inexplicable decision making mm-hmm. in in key spots. Yeah, I wonder if that disappears. If you could ever get back in a situation where you had really good weapons and a really good offensive line, if he settles down and stops trying to do stuff like that, you know, he creates. I mean, that you're right about the offensive. I don't know, list. you know, where you are with this guy. Uh, it, it's going to keep him from ever being, you know, I think at his best, he's certainly a top 10 quarterback in the league, but he's never going to be like a top five quarterback if he can't stop doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the throw, the one thing you saw in that throw to uh, Boston Scott on the game winning touchdown, it might've been one of the few times the entire game where he was able to step up in the pocket and, 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 and just, you know, obviously that allows him to, you know, throw mechanically much better and, and just let it rip. Um, but, you know, there are other times, you know, he, granted, I mean, the pressure, he's been under pressure more than any quarterback in the league this year. So right. not, that you can't discount the line part, but he doesn't have a natural feel for being able to move around, which is kind of odd for a guy that who's, who's that athletic. Uh, but you watch him in the, I mean, Tom Brady can't run at all. And yet he knows how to take two steps around a pocket and buy a second to throw a ball. Carson in his fifth year still hasn't gotten there with that. He just has no feel for, uh, for that. Yeah. The, the injuries have played a role on the team certainly, but he played, he's played better with guys hurt than he did when they weren't hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know if I completely, I can use that. Right. As <laughs> I mean, to some extent, but like it wasn't like they were really banged up at the start of the season. Um, maybe a little on the O line, but yeah. you had the receivers you wanted. You had the tight ends for the first two games. It wasn't like you had Miles Sanders yeah. in the second game. I, I don't know. I, you know, I go back to the. I mean, the guy we talked about guys coming back. The guy that's the guy that's going to make more difference than anybody whenever whenever the hell he does get back is going to be Goddard. Because he just affects the run game, the pass game. Uh, I mean, they need him back. That's they a good segue. Back. That's a good yeah. segue into the trade deadline. And the reason why I say that is because I'd heard that Zach Ertz's name was out there, whatever mm-hmm. that means. And I don't know if that means that the Eagles are trying to sell him or buyers are calling about him. Nevertheless, considering his circumstances, it, it wouldn't, it's not a complete shock. I mean, he's not happy here. The Eagles haven't given him the extension he wants, and the Eagles have Dallas Goddard. Um, except, except he's on injured reserve, moot. right? It's moot now. They can't trade him. It, even right. They can't. But that just that I just needed a segue into the trade deadline oh, okay, because I wanted exactly. to talk a little about the trade deadline. <laughs> uh, 
Last, last you you talked you uh, you shouted down a few uh, of the twittyits about yeah. the, about the trade deadline and uh, it, look this is something that you know for years uh, certain media members have made a big deal of and trade deadline in the NFL is not trade deadline in in Major League Baseball although it should be stated that the Eagles have made three trade deadline moves the last yeah. th- the three previous years. Yeah, I, as usual on Twitter, what I got, what I was trying to say, got completely uh, distorted. I was certainly not saying you can't make trades at the trade deadline. That has become a thing in the last ten years, specifically. But this idea that it's like the NBA or the or Major League Baseball, where you're going to dump big contracts and people are going to take all these guys that are hurt and and old guys, and you're going to get something significant back, is crazy. Uh, the buyers and sellers thing. I there are very few teams in the NFL that fit into one of those two categories neatly. Uh, I think both most teams are both. You know, I, I think there are things the Eagles would like to pick up if they could, mm-hmm. or, and there are things they'd like to get rid of. But I don't think you just say, "Oh, are you a buyer? Or are you a seller?" You know, it's it's not like you're thirty games back at the All Star break or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. It's a different sport. It doesn't work that way. Right. So if like someone comes to out, comes to you with a bag of footballs for Alshon Jeffrey, you make the move. If it comes to you with yeah, a with a fourth round pick for what's that? But nobody's going to do that. No, no. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I think the probably most likely guy that they could move would be Malik Jackson, but I don't think you, you're in the position now to do that. Right. And what, what would, why would you want what to? would you get? You know, what what would you get that would make it worth getting rid of a guy who's played very, very well and is basically a starting defensive tackle for you in a yeah. that you can make the playoffs? I guess yeah, a fourth the, I guess maybe a fourth rounder or something like that. You know, I mean they do need I mean, draft picks, they do need to get young. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying if they were sellers, that would probably be the most likely guy, I guess. Yeah, but well, I can't imagine. I, Yep. Even even healthy, I I could not see that one. Yeah. So by I mean he's he's your best interior defensive lineman right now, or was, right. including well, uh, after but, Fletch. He was, well, he was playing better than Fletch. I think he's making more impact plays than Fletch. Fletch often gets the the double team, and you know, but and that gives maybe yeah. frees up. But yeah. yeah, and what Malik gives them is a different look inside. No, you know, you don't see too many guys. His size, uh, yeah. You know, no, yeah. I was can, just saying. I was saying of the older guys that fall into that category. Yeah. I think he's the only guy that that could. So I'm sure people are calling about him if they are because. Yeah. But um, if they if they are sellers, then I, room, if you did something like that, what would be the effect in your locker room? Yeah. You know? No. No. Yeah. No. I I completely understand. But so if they are sellers, then what positions are you looking at? You mean uh, buyers? I mean, excuse me, buyers. Well, I mean, I think offensive line and linebacker. Yeah. Uh, but only to to a very moderate degree. I mean, they don't want to give up. Uh, pay a lot of know, money. You know? They don't want to give up draft picks or or, any, or you know. I mean. Yeah. It's they, tough. To- they just want. They they would just like somebody <clears throat> that might be able to step in and help them in 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 you know to a moderate degree. And it's very difficult. Offensive line is very difficult to bring someone in mid-season yeah. and there's just a, there's a lot that goes into playing in the Eagles scheme and playing the way Jeff Stoutland teaches that position and I mean we saw it with Jamon Brown I don't think he's as bad as he played in that game and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he's just new and he's you know 
wasn't ready. I don't think he's good, but I don't think he was also was a, I think he also was kind of not really understanding a lot of what the Eagles do. So like yeah. a receiver is not as hard. Um, defensive line certainly not as hard. Um, running back the same. You know, we've seen Eagles that what they've done the last few years is uh, a defensive end, a defensive uh, a running back, and a wide receiver have been the three guys that they've added at those positions. You know, they could certainly probably use linebacker more than anything else, but that's the that's even more than offensive line. That's very difficult, you know, in Jim Schwartz's scheme for him to be comfortable with a linebacker. The guy has to really know the defense, be able to make calls and so forth. And I, I don't – maybe if you get somebody who's played for Jim before or something like that, but otherwise I don't know that you could – even if somebody could give you a good player there, I don't know that you could get him on the field. I right. love it how, like, you know, when asked about Alex Singleton, who I think has played well. Actually, I think he's played the best of any linebacker the last few weeks. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, he's played well, but yeah, he was in the right spot at the right time, and he's still not perfect. And it's like <laughs> Nate Gary, meanwhile, has he said, yeah. has he even <laughs> mentioned, you know, like whenever he talks about him, I get it. This, coaches talk up the guys who's struggling and, and the guys doing well. They'll, they'll mention, you know, that, put him in his place a little bit, but I don't know. I just, I, I I'm, I'm, de- <laughs> well, Jim, Jim has his favorites and the guys he doesn't yep. like. And generally, generally that aligns pretty well with who's playing well, but sometimes it doesn't. You and I both know that we all know that. I mean, he's, he's gotten down on guys who were pretty good and he's pumped up guys that weren't good before just based on, you know, how he sees the guy's personality or, you know, what, what he, whatever, you know, intangibles he evaluates guys on. Yeah. Uh, Dama, no, 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 no uh, comments on Nate. No reason to pile on <laughs> Nate Gary anymore. No, I just, uh, you know, I cringe when I watch him, watch the tape. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, what, what wrong gap can I go to? Uh, but, but, you know, you're right. I don't want to. Okay. All here. right. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered all the topics here for, uh, for a Tuesday afternoon. Um, hey, before we go, just want to give a shameless plug for my new oh, book, yeah. uh, which oh, I wrote yeah. with Leo Carlin, A Bird's Eye View. Uh, it's a story about the last 50 years of the uh, the Eagles uh, through the eyes of a, one of the nicest executives that they've ever had, which isn't many. Um, so you can get it anywhere books are sold, including Amazon.com. Did you say which Thank is many or which is, is many? Which yeah. isn't many. <laughs> yeah. It's not. <laughs> well, I got my copy here. Thanks for sending me one, Damo. I've read it. Uh, me too. Uh, certainly a good read. Uh, great toilet read uh, for those. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I meant that absolutely. The That's, that is like the highest compliment for, from me. I'll tell you that. A uh, few other plugs. Uh, please read all our stuff for inquire.com and sign up for the Early Birds newsletter where you'll get all links to our stories and some additional content. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us again for the Bird's Eye View podcast. Damo, Les, uh, talk to you guys in a few days. Um, thanks, everyone, again.